God has in mind for us as his women. As we step into our study of God's high calling, we meet up with God's calling to godliness in Titus 2, 3-5, one of those pink passages in the Bible that deal with women. Obviously, godliness is one of the essentials for godly living, and it summons us to an all-consuming commitment to God and a pursuit meant to permeate every area of our life. Because what's inside our hearts affects our behavior, God asks that our relationship with Him be the catalyst that creates in us behavior befitting one who has a relationship with the living God. He wants our actions to be reverent, godly, worshipful, and holy, mirroring a heart that is reverent, godly, worshipful, and holy. He states, the older women likewise, that they be reverent in their behavior, or as the King James Version so wonderfully conveys, that they be in behavior as becometh holiness. We find these words of Scripture in the short epistle of the Apostle Paul, which he wrote to his helper Titus, a trusted assistant sent to the aid of the church in Crete. Paul's letter to Titus addressed the issue of order in the church, and the tasks and responsibilities of the different groups that make up a congregation. The pastor, the older men, the older women, the younger women, and the younger men. And even though the call to this particular quality of godliness is addressed to the older women in the body of Christ, it wraps its arms around each and every woman, regardless of age. Why? Because it points first to our spirit of worship, and calls us to be reverent in all our behavior. As I said, it's a high calling. Learning about godliness. The first word is reverent, meaning sacred, and to be fitting. In simple language, it marks out what is fitting and appropriate and suited to sacred character. Put another way, it describes persons, actions, or things consecrated to God. Its many synonyms include sacred, reverent, and reverend, along with holy. The second word is behavior, having to do with the condition of something. Such synonyms as deportment and demeanor, indicating the external conduct, our behavior, manner, and carriage, as manifesting the inner life, help us understand. When the ideas of these two words are put together, They mean reverent in behavior. You see, our behavior stems from a state of mind, from what's going on or not going on in our inner life. And God desires that the behavior of His women be reverent, behavior mirroring an internal sacred character. As one scholar explains it, reverent in behavior means consecrated as priestesses. The idea is that we are to exhibit physically and spiritually in all of daily life the demeanor of a temple priestess. Yes, priest-like defines the flavor of reverent behavior in that it is befitting and becoming sacred persons. There is to be about our lives a reverential spirit of consecration and dedication that is consistent with the fact of our spiritual priesthood. This word reverent as the root meaning of being priest-like and came to refer to that which is appropriate to holiness. Living out godliness. That's quite a start, isn't it? Words like consecrated, holy, sacred, and worship 
Speak loudly of a heart and mind set on our thrice holy God and the worship of Him. Such a one has to have a soul preoccupied with God, a soul immersed in a constant state of worship of God, a soul completely consecrated to God. Such a soul and such resulting behavior would then certainly point others to God. Think now of the clergy and the women's choir in the cathedral at Canterbury. As I tried to express, they model for me what reverent behavior looks like, how one who is in a constant state of worship acts, and the inspiring effect of one who is consumed with the worship of the Lord has on others. Our reverential godly behavior should include the whole habit and composition or structure of mind and body, encompassing not only the movements of the body but also the expression of the countenance and what is said and what is left unsaid. Godliness lived out in another. One picture is worth a thousand words, and when it comes to an older woman who was reverent and godly and holy in her behavior, you and I can thank the Lord for the woman in the Bible named Anna. Her story is found in Luke two thirty-six to 38 in just three verses. And these three God-breathed verses brilliantly describe this holy woman who trusted in God and show us a woman who was truly reverent in her behavior. Read them now with me. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about eighty-four years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Luke's words paint a poignant picture of this dear woman. From him we learn that Anna was an older woman, an 84-year-old woman, of great age, explains Luke. Anna was widowed after only seven years of marriage. And Anna shows us quite literally what it's like to live in a constant state of worship. What does a woman do who loves the Lord and is a widow? Well, our Anna apparently devoted herself to the continual service of God and of His temple. She was a constant, devout worshiper, not a casual attender or observer. When I think of my own busy life and the multiple roles I must live out each day, and I know I'm not alone in this, I have to admit I sometimes yearn for a quiet life, like Anna's, a life filled with quietly and constantly and literally worshiping our God. Imagine one role to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. In one place, the house of the Lord, and for all the days of your life, Anna, our model of reverent and holy behavior, was allowed through the circumstances of her life to fulfill, in fact, the desire every one of God's people possesses, the desire the psalmist David dreamed of when he wrote, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Following our calling to godliness. But while Anna literally and physically dwelt in the house of the Lord and walked in his temple and served him there, 
you and I can and are called to do the same spiritually. How? Pray. Prayer will most definitely affect our behavior. The act of prayer brings our soul into direct contact with the Lord we worship and love. So it stands to reason that the more we pray, the more we're aware of the presence of the Lord, and the more we reflect His beauty and godliness to others. Purpose. Purpose to be more aware of God's presence. Praise. Praise the Lord. Are you unsure exactly how to praise the Lord? Or is life so sorrowful or frantic or complex that it's difficult to praise Him? Why not follow the advice of another saint who recommended reading one psalm out loud every day? Then allow the psalm to feed your heart so that your lips gush with praise and worship to the Lord. Pick. Pick a point for meditation. Thinking on a particular attribute of God, some act or teaching of Jesus, a promise from God's Word, or some calling from Scripture will tune your heart to the Lord. As you carry thoughts like these into your day's demands, your soul will shine and you will truly exhibit the presence of the Lord and the powerful effect His Word has on your life. Prize Prize your high calling to reverent behavior. It's a calling to bask in the presence of the Lord. The consecrated, set-apart life of holiness is true bliss, not old-fashioned or undesirable. It doesn't mean you can't laugh, nor does it mean you're ungodly if you joke with your children. And it doesn't mean that you should turn into a sanctimonious, stiff and prudish woman, wife, mother, or co-worker. No, but it does mean that you weed out antics, humor, sarcasm, stunts, and speech.